Good afternoon and welcome to the expansive, uh, the weekly podcast that we do live on LinkedIn, live on Facebook, 3 p.m. South African Standard Time. As always, it is great to be with you and it is, of course, also great to welcome my co-host and partner and now a year older, might I add. Let me not forget that, uh, the recent birthday boy, <laughs> Mr. Oh, John <laughs> Yes, that's me. We all have one birthday once a year. It was my 46th birthday. Um, it was quite uneventful with having COVID happening and we had a... We had a whole weekend away planned, but then that all got cancelled by our president with uh, sort of travel restrictions and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it was great. It was wonderful. Spoke to a lot of friends from around the world and uh, had a good meal with a good friend of mine at our favorite Greek restaurant. And that was it. That was, uh, that was the 46th year, another year in the pandemic. Last year, the 45th year was also in the pandemic with my parents on the farm. But all good. Feeling good. Feeling revived. 46. What a... What a ob year, 46. It's like in the halfway <laughs> between 45 and 50. But either way, welcome to everybody listening to the Expansive Podcast. Uh, great to have you with us again, whether you're listening to this on podcast or live. Um, we have some really exciting news that's coming out over the next couple of weeks when it comes to this podcast. We've started to work with some a real genius little guy, young guy who's uh, super smart and switched on to the tech. So we're excited to share that stuff with you. Um, Eric, how are you doing and how is Joburg? I know it's been absolutely freezing there from uh, some other sort of friends that are living there. What's happening with you? Yeah, uh, it's been cold. It's actually been a bit overcast today, uh, but otherwise all good. I've been, I've been feeling very focused. You know, I think we've been speaking about like, you know, we have these ebb and, ebb and flows of focus and energy and ambition and determination. Some days you're up, some days you're low, some weeks you're up, some weeks you're low. And I feel like for the past maybe two or so weeks, I've, I've really been on a high, like really focused, getting up, feeling disciplined, like learning a lot of new things, writing a lot, uh, working with amazing clients. So overall, like I'm actually, you know, given the fact that we've just gone into lockdown level four and that there's a lot of, a lot of people like really suffering and, and going through some really hard times. And it's like, it's really a horrible space to be in again. Given all of that, like I'm actually in a pretty good space at the moment for myself. That's saying a lot because your industry got flattened. Yeah, so, I mean that's a hell of a thing. It's mm. a it's it's a good thing that you you're doing okay and you 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 enjoying where you are. You yeah. know, but I think what this pandemic has done is brought about two very very clear distinct differences in people. People that are seeing this as an opportunity and other people that are just fallen apart. Mm. And there seems to be a lot of that falling apart that's happening all over the place. And um, mm. so yeah, I I feel for those people, but I also know that when there is so much chaos there's also a lot of opportunity if you're willing to change your skill sets or relearn unlearn whatever the case may be and kind of this is what brings us into the topic for today the and i think it's a great topic because uh, it's happening a lot around the world for many different reasons mm. obviously covid being a catalyst for it but today's topic is called the great resignation and uh, we're seeing millions i think i don't know i was looking at some stats on a on a news channel the other day there's like four million people have resigned like some yeah. big number, you know, around the world that they've picked up on stats. I would imagine there's even more, but there seems to be a migration from this, I'm stuck in a job to, oh my God, what are the opportunities out there? So whether mm -hmm. you've taken this responsibility on yourself to resign or you've been pushed out of a job because that industry or sector or business is not doing that well, we find ourselves in new waters and new chapters and new ways to try and think about what's coming. So let's get stuck into today's topic on mm. the the great resignation. 
What are your thoughts there, yeah. Eric? Yeah, so actually, you know, I was reading this morning um, and I saw an article again about it because, like you say, it's actually been in the news now for some time that economists are calling this the great resignation. Uh, first, we had the great return, right, which was like everyone yes. going back to the office. Now we have the yeah, great resignation. Right. What I saw, like from a stats point of view, I think this was mainly just US-based, was that they were saying 25 to 40% of workers are thinking about quitting. I mean, that's, that's monstrous. 40% of the workforce thinking about quitting. Mm. And it really has made me think a bit about, you know, what does this mean for employers, but also what does it mean for you if you are in the job market? Obviously, there's, there's quite a few things that are playing into this, quite a few reasons why people are resigning. I think the first is that we've become accustomed to the fact that we have freedom to work where we can work from. Like, so there's mobility, mm -hmm. right? And, mm -hmm. and some employers are still very much say, sort of saying, like, we have to get back to the office. They're not entertaining the idea of hybrid or remote, right? And so mm -hmm. because of that, people are saying, well, I might like the work that I do. I don't like mm -hmm. the way I'm doing that work. Therefore, mm -hmm. like, I'm going to look for something else. So that might be one reason. Another reason might be that you've been in an industry where, like, it's really been shown how fragile it is. So I think, for example, like restaurants are a good example at the moment mm. that, you know, when there's a lockdown, restaurants get clamped down. If you were, let's say, working in a, a call center, like you're not really affected, right? Your job continues because you get to call from home and, and carry on. So they've also, they're also saying that there's a this shift that you are looking to find the kind of work that isn't disrupted when there's catastrophe or when there's going to be a next lockdown or whoever knows what's going to happen down the line. And then the third reason was that people feel like they, they now have just more choice. And I mean, we were just speaking about this offline as well. There's been this pause. And in the pause, we've had the ability and the opportunity to reflect. And that means that now you're wondering, is what I'm doing really aligned with who I want to be and where I want to go? I think, I think there's another thing here, Eric, that we must take into consideration is that people are dying. Life is short. And what are we doing? It's like, you know, that's what's really come into focus for me is that what am I actually doing with my time here? Because, you know, you could have a virus and in three days you're dead. And mm -hmm. that's happening left, right and center. I know a handful of people now that have passed on with a yeah. devastation behind them of families that are just distraught, you know. And so in that, guys, yes, of course, am I happy at work or not? Is it the right job for me? Is my boss right? Am I going to commute to work? But on the other side of it, we have been given this very drastic experience of death right on our doorsteps, sweeping through our country and around the world, in fact. And it's so undiscriminative, this virus, because, you know, people in their 90s are getting it and, and surviving. And other people are eight years old and dying. So mm -hmm. that whole idea that it's only old people is also falling by the wayside. There's also obviously immunity issues that people have that can get taken out. But I know healthy people that got taken out, you know. I, mm -hmm. I don't, they weren't obese. They weren't, they didn't have bad health state. They were normal, normal people, right? So th th there's that. And I think, and I think that the great resignation is also... It's not just from jobs. I think it's from everything. I think it's from relationships mm. and I think it's from point, habits yeah. and behaviors and cities that you live in and workplaces you work in. You're like, well, look, if I've got this much time left here on earth or if I've got a shorter period of time left here on earth than I thought I did, what it is that I want to be doing? It's like, why mm. am I doing what I'm doing? So I think that comes down to every touch point and there's a great resignation to all aspects of, mm. uh, of, of what's going on in the world, you know? Mm, I like that. I think it's a, it's a brilliant um, kind of extraction of the point. So mm. what I thought we could do then is just 
kind of zoom into the two parties that are affected here, right? The employer and the employee. So mm. thinking about like, if you are a, a big organization and 40% of your workforce is thinking about mm. resigning, mm. what are some of the things that you might want to like tell them? Like what, what would you advise an employer to be thinking about at this point? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I got reached, uh, a company called Deal, D-E-E-L, reached out to me. And what they have done is they're MIT graduates that have created this platform that helps you hire people around the world and make salaries and payments to them easily. Mm -hmm. uh, it makes it seamless, which has always been a problem. You know, if you're hiring somebody from London, but you live in Indonesia, the payment structure, the laws, the taxes, all those things are, but they've gone and sorted them all out. So I think all organizations should be looking at a more global workforce, a more hybrid workforce, so that if people are wanting to leave, it's okay. And I think mm. that's really key here. You know, I've had this discussion with my team, everybody that works with me. It's like, look, no employment is forever. I don't want that pressure on me. And you shouldn't have that pressure from me is that we all evolve and we all move. And what this is COVID-19 has done is brought this chasm of questioning of what's making you happy, what isn't making you happy. And it's not just workforces that 40% are leaving. How many divorces do we know about? And how many friendship circles have been broken in through this process? And so as far as employer towards employee, I think there should be an open door policy to say, look, this is how we are evolving. This is how you evolving. Your priorities have changed. That's okay. How can we help you evolve into your next phase? And then also, how am I looking at a more global workforce to bring more seamless services into my businesses so that and into my business so that I can actually carry on the service that I need to be providing? So mm -hmm. I don't think it's a time to be upset. I think it's a time of evolvement. And when we think of the term disruption, guess what? This is what disruption is, you know? You know, it's like people like disruptions, but this is what it is. It's disrupting mm -hmm. our lives in the most massive way. So what do you have to do? Mm. try and embrace it you know what i mean is try and embrace the process and i think it's also something important that we need to think about when we're having this sort of spaces we also need to become okay with sorrow and i think sadness is a big part of our culture at the moment and and i think it's okay for us to embrace sadness and i think it's okay mm. for us to be in a state of sorrow and mourning because that's what's going on around us. You know, we're seeing the death and destruction of everything. Like, well, it's like, like an implosion of so many different things besides close ones, close people that are passing away. So for me, it's like employer to employee, be kind, be generous, be open, and start looking at the new tools that give you access to a global workforce. And you could even have better people at cheaper prices. You don't even know, mm. but that's the opportunity for us to start taking as employers. Yeah, I echo that. I think... Um Number one, that you have to embrace the resignations, right? Because partly just to your point is that um, as a company, if you've come through this, there's a good chance that the company has changed. And so as a company, like mm. whoever's working for you might not resonate with where you want to go. And so it doesn't mm. make sense to try and drag them along on the new journey. And so I think that it's important that as we recalibrate our vision for where we're going, we need to realize that not everyone is going to recalibrate to that vision. And actually, yes. it's then in your best interest for them to resign. It, it yes. goes both ways. It's good for you because you're getting mm. not rid of, but you, you, you're letting go of people who don't want to go yes. where you want to go. And yes. you're, you're doing them a service as well because they can go and find you know, a company that makes more sense for them. And I think of Basecamp as like a good example of this. You know, We spoke about them recently on the podcast when they went through that sort of hellstorm on Twitter because they... 
they changed some of their internal policies. Like this is a, a great example of that. And they decided that we want, the, like we've always done things in one way, we want to do things in a different way moving forward. People reacted to that in a very violent kind of way. They didn't like the new way of doing things. And you had this slew of resignations that happened. So everyone was actually sort of boastful in a way that they were sending out this organogram saying these people have all quit from base camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually it was a good thing for base camp because they got through mm. it. And now on the other end, they have people employed who really want to be there. People sign yes. up because they believe in this new way of doing things. Yes. So, so I think that's the one side of it. It's like embrace the resignation because it's going to allow you to find the people that actually want to be part of the new vision for the future. Yeah. And then... I think the second part is like, it, it's very much tied to what you were saying, is that you have to think about what you are offering because many companies are now going to embrace the idea of a global workforce. So all things being equal then, everyone embracing that, what makes you special? What makes you different? Because on the back of this, what I was seeing as well is that they said if 40% of the, the people are resigning or thinking about resigning, what's also happened is that there are more job openings than before. Like they, they, they were like 9 million or something. So like, yeah. if I have the opportunity to choose not only which company I want to work for, but where in the world I want to work for, what yeah. are you going to do that's going to make me more attracted to you yeah. versus yeah. another company? So yeah. don't just think that people are going to come to you because now you're saying I have a, you know, a remote work policy. Great. Most people are going to have a remote work policy. Yes. That doesn't make yes. you special. So yes. what are you going to do that's going to attract me to you and keep me yes. uh, engaged I with you? And also remember, you know, we also want to work with organizations we agree with on a consciousness level and a value-driven level. And, mm. you know, um, I got recently asked by BIC to do an ad uh, process. And, I, and I'm a fan of BIC. I think their pens and shavers are great. But then we started thinking about the recycling angle. And they're not good for recycling. They're terrible mm. for recycling. And I didn't do the job because I didn't find a value system mix without the ability for them to recycle at a massive level and so that I resigned from that job, which was going to make me quite a lot of money, but I was just, mm. it doesn't fit. So I think as organizations, we also have to realize that we also have to be able to be more conscious in our approach of strategies. And I was listening to a great podcast. They were talking about the two biggest investment firms in the world. One of them being BlackRock. I think BlackRock's mm. one of the biggest ones. And they are now creating new criteria to invest in businesses in and being green and being conscious is now becoming part and parcel of the criteria because mm. what they're realizing is that in the long run, it actually is the most profitable thing to do to have that sort of process. Why? Because you start attracting quality people and you start attracting mm. people those value systems that believe in something that want to build it together with you. I think it's also important to realize that you want to bring the best people into your world and into your business. You have to give them something like you said, that nobody else is giving them, you know? And for me, I'd like to think that giving them equity is part of the process, but also giving them a vision to be able to follow that's aligned with theirs and then giving them the opportunity to make mistakes along the way, giving them the benefit of the doubt throughout mm -hmm. the process is just a smart way to bring smart people into your organization. Mm -hmm. If you are watching everything they do, if you're forcing a vision onto them, if it's not aligned to their value systems and they're just there for some money or whatever the case may be, you're just attracting bottom feeders and nobody really valuable or aligned with that. So I really just want to work with people that are adults and are also in it together with me for the good times and the bad rather than just being around with the handouts for salary mm -hmm. end of the month. We don't care what happened to the industry, you owe me a salary. 
It's like, mm. yes, I understand that. But, you know, uh, when things are good, you want equity. And when things are bad, you want your salary. We need to find partners rather than this employee-employer structure. Mm. But I think that's coming as well. You know, I think that's that's evolving as we start seeing it around the world, you know. And, and I think that's kind of a nice segue into then the next part, which is then to look at the employee side of this. And I think you've already, I think we, we both, without having even spoken about this, will come to the same answer here. But I think you've already laid some nice, like a nice foundation here, which is that uh, one thing that as you then enter into the job market and as you are looking for new opportunities is to keep in mind a lot of what you just said is where will I have autonomy? Where will I have uh, someone who inspires me, who creates a vision? Perhaps where will I find coaching and mentoring as a, as a big part of what I do? Where, where will I have this partnering opportunity? But I also think, you know, where we would probably both land very strongly when it comes to the employee side of it is that this is your, your perfect opportunity to become a part of the creator economy when you have the space to think, right? Mm. What do you think? Yeah, look, I, I, was, I was speaking for APSA today and uh, one of the questions that came from the, from the audience was, what about Africa when you talk about X, Y, and Z? And I think when it comes down to this discussion here, it's also like, what about Africa? You, we're talking about Western civilized worlds that have this luxury of going into a creator economy. And my response was twofold. One, the stats coming out of Africa and what's happening inside Africa isn't what I focus and read. What I'm reading is what's happening in the most cutting edge societies in the world and how we can filter those down and bleed them down into our society right now. And my second question, uh, my second response to them was, look, Africa's never had it better in the history mm. of the world because of the internet and all that. So we just need to be able to market the heroes we need to look up to, proliferate internet out into the world and just teach them entrepreneurship based on internet. That's all, those are the three things that I think are most important. But when it comes down to this scenario, we are, and for anybody listening, is talking about first world sort of pockets around the world. That's kind of how we exist. We, we work with organizations in those pockets. So as a caveat, I just wanted to say that. Mm. We know it's a privileged position to get into the creator economy. You have some sort of backup. You know, you, you've got warm bed and food that you can get into it. But if we are talking about those people, Remember that the world we're moving into prioritizes more than anything else is your uniqueness. The more unique you are, the more your services and products stand out from everybody else, the more successful and the more you'll be worth. So you must also build that into your future plans as an employee or as somebody who's going into the creator economy. How are you standing out from the crowd? How are you positioning yourself as the thought leader? How are you positioning as somebody that is looked up to and inspires mm. people? And so it doesn't matter where you are when you do that. The second thing for me is that the idea of always wanting to be an entrepreneur or an employee is, is, is unfair because some people are just wired to be employees and some people are wired to be entrepreneurs. But remember that entrepreneurship was never celebrated over the last 200 years because the thing to do over the last 200 years was to study and get a job and then be a good corporate person until you get retired. But now we've shifted and the world's kind of moving more towards the entrepreneurial ideation around solving problems with no loss of enthusiasm with the gift of just solving a bigger problem which is very different to where we come from so i think the personality traits are moving towards celebrating entrepreneurship and the idea of fitting into a corporate structure is a dangerous one because you're not guaranteed of any salaries you could be automated out of your job there's so many M&As, like mergers and acquisitions happening, that jobs just become futile and departments get kicked out. There's just, you just don't have, you don't mm. have uh, agency over your reality. And, and 
I think it's a dangerous place to play. The sooner you can become the captain of your ship, the sooner you can become the person that's actually driving any sort of business based on your name, the better for you and better for the world, to be honest, you know, because you're not sitting like a person sitting in the corner going, well, where's my job? You know, where, mm. why are you guaranteeing me anything? So I think as an employee, exciting times. As an employer, mm. exciting times. Both of them are exciting in the opportunities you take up for them. But uh, I know that even with our industry being flattened, uh, not going to events and not having those events happening, and obviously the repercussions are all eventing companies, restaurants, hospitality, hotels, flights, all of these things have been affected. And what we have done, you and I have just decided to lay low and wait it out and research some more and read some more and write some more and just get ready for it to come back again. So there's also pros and cons being an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? There's not like mm, all for sure. It's, uh, there's pros and cons. The one thing I would recommend people do as well, like if they if they're really thinking that the the creative economy isn't for them, like like you said, like you know, not everyone's an entrepreneur. So if you if you really don't feel like that's the route for you. One thing to keep in mind is that it's not always that binary. Like you don't have to be a creator or in the or mm. entrepreneur or or an employee. Like you can always have a side hustle. Like it's become such a popular thing. And mm. I think part of what the, the creator economy inspires is the fact that we have all of these tools available to us, many mm. costing you next to nothing, through which you can start building your community, building your yes. audience around your uniqueness, around the things that you care about. And I'm, I'm always fascinated by what people can rally around. Like, I, I think I, I don't know if I sent you, oh no, I posted on Instagram the other day. There's a TikTok channel with 500,000 followers. And all this guy does is slice bread. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, but uh, I mean, that's a, it's a very obscure example. But the, the yeah. fact is there are many ob obscure hobbies that people are yeah, building making business around because <laughs> yeah because there are you can find your tribe online yeah so it doesn't have to be an all or nothing kind of thing yeah. the second thing is that if you are going to stay in the if if you're saying well all I want is I want to move out of one industry that's fragile into an industry where I feel a bit more protected that's a bit more resilient what do I need to look for there well number one there's going to be ample opportunity. And again, like not maybe locally, like I, I'm not sure these stats apply as much here as it, as it does overseas. But if you are thinking, well, I'm, I'm just going to like sort of find the next opportunity, don't just jump at the first thing that comes around. Make sure that it aligns to, to where you want to go and where you want to be, yeah. everything that we spoke yeah. about at the beginning of this. But also yeah. know that as much as an employer needs to figure out what's going to make them special, you need to do the same thing. Because yeah. you are now competing against everyone from around the world that uh, might be cheaper, that might, might be more skilled. Uh, mm. so, so you need to do that. You need to reskill as much as you can and retool so that you are ready and that you can beat out the competition. Like it's, it's a great thing for you that companies are going to be thinking about how to retain you and get you in, but they're going to also have a wider variety of people to choose from. I love that point. You know, I was being briefed by a global tech business for talks and there was two directors on trying to get me to understand that they were very keen to make everybody happy inside the organization. We've made it through, da, da, da. We're all good. And I got that. And then I, I turned around to the one director. I said, but what about the responsibility on the employee to keep up with the changing times? And he's like, yeah, Yo, you're right. I was like, "Yo, you guys are feeling the pressure of holding on yeah. to people. But I want to talk about the responsibility they have to keep up with what's going on in automation and the business. I don't want dead wood in the business either. You know what I mean? 
So I think I think that's a great point. But mm. coming back to the creator economy, I've started following this Italian guy from New York somewhere, and he calls everybody bitch, not bitch, bitch, B E T C H, right? He's created uh, clothes and a knife, and he starts off and he only makes pasta. So so he comes on his video, he's like, yeah, bitch. Today I'm going to make this bitch, and then everything's like a bitch, bitch. And he's at the gym, he's training, then he's making pasta, then he's showing his muscles, and he's like, these muscles are pasta, bitch. And he's got <laughs> millions of followers, millions. And he says, I'm not saying bitch, I'm saying bitch. And so he carries on, and he's everything's branded. I mean, he's got millions of followers. He says, and in one of the videos, he's like, I can't believe it, bitch. I'm now making money just doing TikTok videos. What's happened to my life? And so I was like, it's he cooks pasta. Yeah. Insanity. It's insanity. Insanity. So, <laughs> you're all right. Cutting bread or calling people derogatory names uh, while they're making pasta and just making pasta. He makes nothing else. So there's always an opportunity. You know, I don't. I don't think we realize how big the opportunities are out there. Mm. And uh, yeah. Anyway, it was a good discussion. The great resignation. Yeah, the touch point of the lives. Thank you very much for everybody listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the discussion. Eric and I always enjoy it very much. Just to let you all know, if you're watching this live or on video, Eric changed his shirt for this video. He's wearing his pajama t-shirt before this, but that's a whole other show we're going to be having. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with somebody you think would enjoy it as well. And please do look after yourself. And once you've done that, go and look after somebody else. Eric? Amazing. Thank you so much.